Radio Drone. Can you guys believe that this is episode 30 already? Episode 30! Woo! 30, 30 years. I can't believe it. It went by so fast. Brad, seriously, when I brought this up to you way back when about reviving Radio Drome, did you ever think it would make 30 episodes of the new Drome? I, I figured, yeah, I figured it would because I knew you would keep the show more consistent than Jared and I did. Yeah, that's for sure. I did more in th- I did more in 30 weeks than you guys did in a year. In, in like two years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and see, in two years we pumped out what three episodes. <laughs> Well, and see, I, uh, I remember when we first started, Brad, you were like, you, you were kind of mousy about it. You were like, do you mind if I, like, bring Jared in since he was part of the other Radiodrome? And I'm like, no, I encourage it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but but you, you, were, you were like, you were trying not to offend me or something. It's like, screw that. Yeah, bring in Jared. He's fun. <laughs> would you mind if i bring in my cat because he's kind of finicky you know when i do stuff that he's not involved in i saw lloyd at the end of the uh Phalus video oh yeah <laughs> I, I saw you were just taking pictures of lloyd where I, I i zoomed in on him right yeah i was wondering if Phalus was going to keep that in there it, it's it's I, in I after the credits check out his new video uh, it's in uh, a, it's in after the credits sweet <laughs> so um, we got a couple of things we got to get out of the way before we actually start talking. Talking got a bunch of stuff in the mail from our friends at Alternative Cinema the other day. A, a oh, bun- cool! A, a bunch of porn, like 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 I normally get, which I haven't had a chance to watch. A lot of seventies stuff, a lot of John Holmes and stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of really cool. The one that really made me go <laughs> was something I got in the mail yesterday. So I have not had a chance to watch it yet. One yeah. is a DVD with two movies. Two new shot-on-video movies called Beyond the Dunwich Horror and Pretty Dead Things. Haven't yeah. watched them yet, so I've got no opinion. This uh, is the one... Pretty Dead Things, repeat after me, said no, 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 no. How do I mute Jared's mic there? Yeah, I forgot we got Jared in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> but get this. No, this doesn't come out until September. And Brad, I will be sending you copies of this, but I'm sorry, but I'm keeping the original. That's fine. The Basement, They're Waiting for You, Lost Super 8 feature film, retro 80s horror collection, five films on DVD, plus VHS tape. This comes in a big box VHS with three, with three DVDs and a VHS tape. Oh, nice. It, it, it's five what? shot on video or Super 8 films from the 80s, one of which has never been released before. What's this called again? Camp Retro 80s Collection, The Basement. And it actually comes in a big box, big box, and it's got an orange VHS tape inside it. And I'm saying, cool. screw you, Brad, I'm keeping this. This is mine. I'll send you a copy, <laughs> just, but this is mine. I might just order one for myself. Um, <laughs> Doesn't come out till September. <laughs> But okay, until September, since I ordered the uh, uh, the House House of the Devil special edition VHS. This is what this has got on it: The Basement. It was a 1989 Super 8 movie that had never been released before. And like I said, since I just got these in the mail, I haven't watched any of this stuff yet. It's got Captives from 1987, a shot on video. These next two might dissuade you. Video Violence and Video Violence 2 were on here. Yeah, and Cannibal Cookout. Oh, Cannibal Campout? Cannibal Campout, sorry, yes. Cannibal Campout, Video Violence 1 and 2, Captives, and The Basement. I still need to do Cannibal Campout sometime. Uh, I, I've, got, I've, got that one, I've got that one on DVD, 
And uh, John McBride, who directed it, is a super, super, super nice guy. He's got a commentary uh, track on this set. Oh, does he really? That's nice. what it says. So yeah, I just got this, and like I said, I'll make you copies of these, so you can. Re- so we'll actually review them proper one of these days. Yeah. Anyone who's interested, Alternative Cinema is putting this out in September 13th, I think is the release date. But I'm keeping my new big box VHS. <laughs> It'll be yeah, an interesting I'm, I think, Vic. Yes, come come September, I'll go ahead and order that too because it's <laughs> it's not every day I can make a big box episode out of a new big box. Well, it's a 1989 movie, but yeah, it's a new big box. But the box is new, yeah. A House on the Devil on the other, that was, yeah, new movie and in a new big box. I still need to oh, see that's, that. That's better than the stuff I got in the mail this week. What, did you um, get, a fish head? You know what, that, at, at this point, that wouldn't have surprised me if that <laughs> happened. Uh, okay, so, so there's one day I get this package in the mail, and it's from Amazon. I open it up, and I'm like, what the hell? And it was a slinky. Somebody mailed me a slinky, and there was a thing in there like, this is just first part of order, more coming soon. And so I'm like, what the hell? And uh, and I was kind of like, well, I'm I'm not sending it back because I've had I've had a really really stressful week, and the slinky's kind of relieved stress a little bit. So uh, so I'm like, so but but then I was sort of like, did somebody get did somebody get into my like my card account and order stuff with my card so i checked my bank statement i checked my amazon account and, and there was nothing there was nothing there was nothing on there so uh then i what was kind of throwing me was that the email account that i have attached to my amazon account i couldn't log into because i guess it's i i, I think because it's been inactive for so long but that that like threw me off i'm like uh, so i called up amazon and uh, said, like, I got this slinky in the mail, and I, I, I don't know where... Did it come from my, ac- my account? And the guy looked, he was like, no, it looks like it was just sent as a, as a gift. I'm like, oh, okay. So the next day, I get more stuff. The next day, I get a book on the history of TV game shows. I get a book on Peoria. I got... Illinois? Yeah, yeah. Um, I got, hang on, I got O.J. Simpson's If I Did It book. <laughs> um, okay. And, yeah, and and uh, Dan a-, a DVD Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs, and then this uh, this right here. This is this is the this is the keeper right here. Uh, guys Gone Wild, Spring Break, Young and Hung. Oh, uncensored, snap. uncensored hard edition. <laughs> that one's got, that one's the keeper, huh? Oh yeah, it says on the back here, even bigger and widescreen. Oh. <laughs> so, why did you get these again? Because someone said. sent them to me. Okay, other than the oh. other than the gay porn thing, I would love if fans sent me something. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean. If fans want to send me DVDs, I'm all up for that. I got no I money. Am, I am totally reviewing the gay porn, by the way. Like, I am totally freaking reviewing this. I'll even script the review for it. Is that going to be a um, DVDR hell? Well, it wouldn't be a DVDR, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be that. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, I'll just it'll just be like just a review. Um, no story at all. They're young, hung, and full of fun. From the from the steamy shores of Texas to the sexy surf of Florida and the sinful nightclubs of Mexico. Oh, oh yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> Just wow. See, I, w- I was with you up until that point. I was like, oh, no, that's not so bad. So people are sending you random stuff. Oh, gay porn. Okay. <laughs> well, well, it, it's the same thing with the, the videos I get from alternative cinema. You know, I, I get all the porn ones. And I'm like, oh, uh-huh. awesome, awesome, awesome. And there's one that's a bondage collection. And I'm like, oh, I'm not into bondage. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to reviewing this one. It's like, that one I might just send to Brad, because that one's totally not up my alley. It's like, I'm on board with all the 70s stuff. I'm on board with all the 70s stuff. Well, so I guess you you dread the mailman now, huh? Well, it, when I got the uh, the Guys Gone Wild spring break young and hung because you know you have to say the full title when i got that email it said that that was the last of it so at that point i was like i was like thank god i mean at least honestly yeah with with the gay porn at least at least like you know i can i could do something with this on the site you know i could i can i can make something out of this but <laughs> oj simpson's book well, uh, like if, if 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 all this was sent to me as a joke, it it is it is funny. It is really funny. I was gonna ask, when you were doing Suburban Nights, did you piss off Nostalgia Chick enough that she'd do that to you? No, no, <laughs> we we got we're friends. We got along great. Okay, so it was Spoony then, right? <laughs> if anything, I should be sending I should be sending stuff like this to him after he showed us that Red Brown Shannon Tweet movie. <laughs> Oh, I've seen the uh, firing line or something like that. The, the firing line. Yeah, Reb Brown, I love the guy, does not look good in a mustache. <laughs> he does He does not look good in a mustache at all. And that I, thing I looked love, glued to his face, too. Dude, oh, man. I, 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 love Reb, I love Reb Brown, too, but we're, watch, we're watching this movie, all of us, and, and Noah hasn't seen it before either, so we're all watching it for the first time. And it was wow, wow! That was tough to sit through. And when it was when it was over, yeah, when it was over, poor Spoody, he was he was really really apologetic. He felt really bad. And, well, see, and we're like, we're all like, we're all like, dude, we we watch terrible movies all the time. It's fine. Well, see, you know what I've been trying to get him to do for quite a while is I sent him Reb Brown's Miami Vice episode where Reb is oh, a yeah. where is he's a psycho biker in that and. You know, he does the like he always does. I keep trying to get him, and he's like, "Well, no, he wherever." Damn it, Spoony, do the do the Red Brown Miami Vice. There's so much <laughs> built-in humor in this thing. He said he says he's because uh, uh, we we were talking about that episode when he was here. He says he's he's planning on doing it sometime. I hope so because that's an awesome Miami. Vice. It's written by John Milius too. I know, right? I mean, I'm sorry. That episode is dripping with awesome. It's got Billy from Predator. You've got Reb Brown yeah. fighting Sonny Crockett. You've got David Patrick Kelly. Yeah, yeah. And it and it's like John Milius and Reb Brown. How is this not awesome? Oh yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. And what's 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 Reb's name in it? It's like Reb something. Uh, oh, is it his name actually Reb in the episode? I think it's Red. I think oh, it's red. I, I okay. think it's it's been a it's been a few years since I've seen the episode, but yeah, me too. I just remember he's really badass and he's quite a psycho in it. See, that's one of the things. If I ever got to interview him, I'd ask him how that came about. But uh-huh. you know, everyone on this show knows what happened to you and me and Spoonie when we tried to contact him. If you ever contact Reb Brown again, legal action will be taken. Would you try again? Because I hear he's because uh, I think he's got new. He's got different uh, management. 
Well, if you can get me his contact info off IMDb Pro, I'd love to contact a real manager who, because I'd love to do a serious interview. I mean, not making fun of him, but do a yeah, serious, yeah. no, a, not at all, a serious sit down interview, you know, interview with him. There'd be no way to avoid some of the things like the fact that, you know, Space Mutiny is a really bad movie, and Howling uh-huh. Two is a really bad movie. There'd be no way to avoid those topics. I'd want to ask him about how he genuinely seems to take these things relatively seriously. He has a great sense of he has a great sense of humor about that stuff. When you see, I I've seen him interviewed before on YouTube. You can see him interviewed about stuff like Strike Commando and Robo War, and he's got a great sense of humor about him. And uh, he he really he 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 loved being in those movies. So it, it would be great to uh, to get a chance to uh, to talk to the guy. Uh, maybe you know maybe he'll maybe he'll start doing some more interviews now. He's got that 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 Bigfoot movie that he's in coming out. Well, because I know he was working with Sun Classic Pictures, the new version of that, and that's where all the problem was coming from. It was coming from Sun Classic's people that was getting all the trouble. He's like a VP at Sun Classic Pictures. Yeah, but get this. His phone number and his email address on their website don't work. Yeah. Oh, really? why have the phone number where you can contact the VP of, I think he's the VP of marketing, and the phone number goes to a disconnected number and the emails bounce back? Yeah. I, probably because of people like us constantly contacting him for interviews. Probably. You know, it probably, well, un- it just, it, that's irritating. And Sun Classics, screw you, I'm giving you a middle finger right now. Threatening legal uh-huh. action for having the audacity to try and give you publicity? Screw you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still uh, a little yeah. bitter over that. I'm still a little bitter over that. Well, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he's got better management now. I mean, usually in a situation like this, usually in a situation like this where you uh, you go through somebody like that, like that management that he was under or uh, publicist or, or whatever, uh, you know, usually when they turn you down like that, the 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 celebrity, the star, won't even have heard of it. You won't even have known what just happened. So, I mean, odds are. He didn't even know you were trying to contact him. I, I assume, yeah, a lot of times when, like, I, I was going through Elvira's management for a while trying to get Elvira last Halloween for Lost in the Static, I kept getting, you know, she's too busy, blah, 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 she can't, doesn't have time, and I'm thinking, she's never even seen my emails. This is all some PA flack that's blocking me. She is, she is, leg- I, I, I will say this, she is legitimately really she is legitimately really busy come halloween season well i i realize that but i mean i couldn't even get past a hey why don't we try and schedule something later in the month it was she's too busy bye oh yeah and it was yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. it was just the rudeness thing yeah oh sure sure yeah. that that yeah. like when you gave me michael ironside's info i called his manager and he said i had to request an interview via email well, it's been uh-huh. three. It's been three weeks since I did that. I haven't heard back from Ironsides people, and I probably won't. Uh, some people are easy to get. And some people are easy to get, and some aren't. I know. <laughs> the one that really gets me is the director of Night Dreams. I've been trying to get him, Francis Delia. I went to his. Yeah. I went to his website. It's it's updated like within the last two months. His phone number that's listed on the site is to been disconnected, and his email address bounces. Yeah. Why do you have a personal website devoted to you that does not have updated contact info? Am I the only one that thinks this is stupid? <laughs> we should get Neil Peart and not tell Jared. Oh. Should we, should, should, should we try and get Getty Lee and then just leave Jared out that episode? 
the amount of frustration that would go uh, that would happen. That Jared night. would actually come to Wisconsin to kill me. I think. I, or what I about? We can't have you on, Jared. There's to be there'd be too much Skype interference. Oh. Jared, you're coming through. Like, Jared, we have to drop you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. What great? Neil said the interview went great, except for that jackass at the beginning who kept screwing up the connection. <laughs> <laughs> there was all this heavy breathing on the line the whole time. <laughs> Oh, by the way, to the audience, if you can't tell, we don't really have a topic tonight. We're just randomly talking about things. Well, there was one time when we were at a con, and I came back. Uh, Jared wasn't with us at this one, and I came back, and I had said, like, at one point, we were going to we were going to Photoshop ourselves in with a picture of Rush. <laughs> Be like, dude, you're never going to believe who was there. Oh, my God. Dude, no, Jared, it was really embarrassing. Like, Brian, like, asked him to sign uh, ACDC's Back in Black. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you just said Rush. That reminded me of something. What is it? Is there, are there certain lines of dialogue that just exude bad writing that whenever you hear a certain phrase or a pseudo catchphrase, you just go, oh, God, that's a bad script? Because I was watching, oh. have you ever seen the movie Deep Core? It was like this sci-fi channel rip-off with Terry Farrell and uh, the guy from Nightbreed. I can't remember his name. Okay. Uh, Bruce, I've never seen it. Bruce McGill and Wesley Crusher are in it, too. And nice. at, one, at one point, they're going through the core of the Earth, and th- they ride this wave of lava, and one guy goes, What a rush. If I hear what a rush in a movie again, I think I'm going to go crazy and kill someone. That is not good writing. I hate what a rush. What a rush. And it just made me think, there are these certain phrases you see pop up everywhere in movies that are just indicative yeah. of a screenwriter that does not know how to write dialogue. Uh-huh. Uh, what a rush oh, is one of those. Oh, you, you, know, you know what I absolutely despise? People who use the, fr- uh, use the word fantastical. Fantastical? <laughs> like Jillian. What the? Jillian says fantastical all the time? Jillian says that a lot, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the first time I ever heard that, they were talking to the girl from from oh, not Matilda. What's what's the other? It, it's a claymation. Nightmare Before Christmas. No, <laughs> it's a it's a uh, an um, it's it's stop animation, uh, but named after a girl. Corpse Coraline. Bride? Coraline. Okay. Coraline. Yeah. What they were doing was interviewing the girl from Coraline, and uh, they were reviewing the uh, or uh, interviewing the girl from Coraline. And she's talking about how it's a very fantastical adventure, and I'm like, oh, I hate that word. Well, Jared, have you ever read Fangoria? Fangoria? The magazine? The original title of that magazine was Fantastica, so it's close to fantastical. (laughs) I guess. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I I certainly hate Ebonics, so... (laughs) Yeah, Ebonics isn't English, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh so snap, yo! That, that could that can annoy the hell out of me. Whatever that turns up in movies. Um, as for like an overused line and such, I I, I don't know. Just when um, I when I heard that what a rush thing, it just drove me nuts that a movie from over two thousand, a less than ten year old movie, would still be using a mm. phrase like what a rush. <laughs> and then the fact that Bruce McGill said it with a straight face. 
<laughs> Bruce McGill. I love him as an actor. You're you're better than that, man. You're better than that. <laughs> and it it just that was one thing that really bothered me. Which also got me thinking when I was watching Deep Core. Okay, that was a terrible movie. Horrible uh, CG effects. Terrible blue screening. A script that was laughable. And it started me thinking. I mean, Brad, you and Jared and I are all amateur filmmakers. You more yeah. than probably me. But there are so many bad movies that come out every year. I'm talking movies with actual SAG actors with, you know, a million-dollar yeah. budget, a distribution deal, you know, access to Sony's backlot or whatever. There's yeah. so many bad movies that come out every year. Why can't we make one of those bad movies? I've got a ton <laughs> of bad ideas that could be made into cool movies. Why won't anyone give me a million bucks to make a movie that bad? Well, I've got a stack of like movie ideas that I came up with like while drunk. Uh, Hooker with a Heart of Gold was one of them, and I actually made that into a movie. But um, I, I don't really in my particular in my particular case, I don't really try to make my movies bad. I mean, if someone thinks they're bad, you know, that's one thing. But I had just put up Midnight Heat on the site. Um, well, no, Brett, I'm not. I'm not make, talking about a bad I, movie like that. I'm not talking about that kind of trying to make a like a grindhouse film or something. Yeah, that was that was yeah, we weren't we weren't trying to make a bad movie. I was just trying to make a I was just trying to make a sleazy 80s flick. Uh, right, but I but, do have a stack I do have a stack of stuff that was like a stack of stuff of like really really stupid ideas. Like for instance, like the movie about people trapped in a casino in a town that gets flooded and a shark gets loose in the casino and it's called card shark um <laughs> see uh, card I, shark. I had one that but, i i thought would be really cool a, zo- a space zombie movie you got night of, yeah. the, night of the living dead happening on earth and the only living humans are on mirror and they're running out of fuel and so they're going to have to intentionally crash mirror onto earth going into the zombie invasion and yeah. i thought it would it would combine science fiction and a zombie movie, and I thought that'd be a really cool idea. Of course, nobody will oh, give yeah. me money for it. I came up with an idea once about uh, um, a planet out in outer space that modeled their whole existence off of uh, satellite feeds of Nazi propaganda, and then came down to Earth to take out to take over the uh, small town of I think it was like Poland, Nebraska, or something. The name of the movie was Close Encounters of the Third Reich. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a good title, though. Yeah. It's a a really good title. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, if you put the three of us, all our heads together, we could come up with a ton of movie ideas that probably suck but would make fun movies. Oh, yeah, 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 completely. The problem of Some movie studio is going to give us a million bucks. What? I said some movie studio has got to give us a million bucks so we can do this. I know, right? Because those movies, that's that's the funny thing is because those movies can't be done on – the kind oh of God. micro budget, the kind of micro budget that we have, on the kind of budget that we work with on stuff like Hooker with a Heart of Gold and Paranoia and Midnight Heat and stuff like that. Those kind of movies, those kind of movies do require a freaking budget. Well, uh, so on the I same guess... token, Brad, the, 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 on the same token, there is a movie like Mirrors that uh, Kiefer yeah. Sutherland won. Yeah. That was made on about a million, million five, I believe, somewhere in there. It was made low budget, but not ultra low budget. And yeah. the filmmaker thinks he made a really good film. And I'm just thinking, the three of us could have made a far better movie with that money and that cast. 
How did he get that terrible movie greenlit and scripted and shot with no one at the studio going, this kind of sucks. Couldn't you have used our million bucks for something better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, did you it's see like the trailer episode. for... What's that, Jared? I was going to say, it's it's like that sketch on Robot Chicken. You know, Dean Devlin. <laughs> yeah. It, it was fun remaking Godzilla. We should remake it again. A remake of a remake? Awesome. At the end of the sketch, they're watching uh, what they made. And, he, and the producer goes, we gave you guys $100 million to remake Godzilla, and you give us this bullcrap again. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was the miniature uh, t- it was the miniature Godzilla's like skating around in an ice skating rink. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> God damn it! What was I fuck? Was I about to freaking say? I don't oh, know. That's uh, why I'm waiting waiting for you to finish your thought that we interrupted you for. Oh, okay. So I saw the trailer earlier for Paranormal Activity three. Oh God. <laughs> is this one and, take even farther back into the past? And yes, plot it does. plot twist: Paranormal plot. Activity Two is a prequel. And, and, and keep in mind, I like the first two movies. I like Paranormal Activity, and I really, really liked Paranormal Activity Two. And I watched the trailer for the third one, and my thought is, another prequel? Really? Come on! Have you seen the uh, Howling Reborn trailer yet that I told you about? I I did, but here's here's what. Back to Paranormal Activity okay. 3 for a second. What is kind of funny, though, is that technically it's... Uh, you ought to bleep me here. Technically it is shot on shittio because it's looking like it's uh, it's 1988. <laughs> this, one's, this one's going back to 1988 when the two sisters are little girls and they're using a giant... They're using, like, a giant VHS camera for it. Okay, my question would be then how do, is it so surprising when Paranormal Activity 1 and 2, this stuff happens exactly. to them if it's happened to them before? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's like, with these characters, again, this doesn't need to... It especially doesn't need to go back that far. And even if it is going back that far, or hell, even back before the events of the second one, it sh- and again, I don't know, maybe the movie will play out differently than the trailer does, but, but still, it, it is kind of like... Like why are uh, okay? There there won't be any suspense really because you know that the two characters will live, and again, come out of it relatively unscathed. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard they're making another quarantine movie. Yeah, yeah, they are. And, and it's like going to be a remake of Wreck Two. No, they they're they're doing this Ring Two style where we're going to go off in our own direction, and because that works out so well. You know, the history says that that works out so well for you people. I did see the Howling Reborn trailer. Ryan and I watched it the other day. Was it as bad as I told you it was? God, what the hell? Um, Am I wrong with the whole Twilight thing? No, you're not wrong. That's what it is. It's Twilight with werewolves. So is that going to be a PG-13? Yeah, I think it's not rated yet, but it probably will be. And half the cast will have its shirt off? Yeah. Well, Jared... There's not one adult in that trailer. I, I didn't see one... I mean, the actors are probably in their 20s. I didn't see right. one character that I think was supposed to be out of high school in that trailer. Yeah. Yet, did you uh, say um, yeah. that it's it's taken loosely from the book Howling 2? Yeah, it's using the, the overall plot of what the original Howling 2 was. And it's like, oh my god, I hate Hollywood. I hate Hollywood it's- so much. 
once it got deeper into the trailer about like the society of the werewolves and such, and I was I was kind of sitting there like, so what? Now it's an American werewolf in Paris? Yeah. Well, by the way, I've heard this is just rumor that they're making a third one of an American werewolf ends. I've heard that they want to do another American werewolf movie. I'm fine. I'm fine. If they want to do another sequel, you know, if fine, whatever. Uh, I'd rather them do that. American werewolf than a in Detroit. Well, so so it would be like that. Mad Max. <laughs> I'd yeah. I'd rather them do that than a remake. Uh, a remake. I, American Werewolf in Paris really sucked though. That well, uh, part of the reason was something we've talked about numerous times. CGI. CGI. Not, I mean, yeah, the CGI was. Ju- it was CGI. I mean, I don't have to elaborate on how bad it was. It was CGI. That should tell you enough right there. And early 2000s compar- Especially when you're comparing it to Werewolf in London. Oscar-winning practical effects, by the way. Yeah, hey, and then crappy... CGI. Crappy Nazi and Werewolf in Paris. And regardless of the CGI, because uh, regardless of CGI, the movie was... Werewolf in Paris was just terrible anyway because I can like a movie just fine if it's got bad CGI. I don't like CGI anyway, but there's the, but I won't dislike something based solely on its CGI. No, I'll give you a perfect example. My son and I sat down and watched Drive Angry the other day. Yeah. And I enjoyed the movie, but some of the really bad CGI, and I, I realized that it looked worse on my TV because it was not 3D. But yeah. some of that looked really bad, like the uh, the the nitrogen truck or the, the that that truck flipping over was so. I mean, that looked like it could have come out of a PS2 game. <laughs> but that uh, maybe it's it, it, it looked fine to me seeing it in the theater. Maybe it looks different on TV. Yeah, because I was gonna say I I knew some of the effects. I knew some of this stuff didn't mesh right just because of the fact that it was shot 3D and I'm watching it on a 2D screen. So I knew that that explains some of the bad special effects. Uh-huh. But but still still a very, very enjoyable movie. My favorite part was him uh, was the uh accountant uh bopping along to Casey and the Sunshine Band while driving yeah. through police gunfire. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that was fantastic. Like, oh, the account uh William Fickner William Fickner stole that movie. Oh, and he it's did. hard to steal a movie from Nicolas Cage. He did. Uh, I'll I'll see you when you're 83. I'll see you in 3 months. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I called you fat. <laughs> Get over here. Well, and then like the little sniffing the waitress and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. When she was taking out the garbage. It was just all these little th- See, I've always liked William Fickner. I think he, he's a very underrated actor. He picks some really bad projects sometimes, but he's a very but he's very great. I've 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 always loved that guy. Yeah. He he just like you said he steals that movie. Uh-huh. I was surprised when David Morse showed up, too. I didn't know David Morse yeah. was going to be in that. Tom Atkins showing up? Yeah. <laughs> Tom Atkins was funny. <laughs> Tom Atkins showing up in it? Yeah. it was. I loved the movie. I absolutely loved the movie. I was a little surprised. I don't know. I, I expected a little more explanation on a couple of things, like the God Killer why were there only three bullets and three missing? Could we have gotten a little bit of backstory on the God Killer? Just a little bit? Oh, I didn't need stuff like that. It's a God Killer. It's a God Killer. That's all I need to know. 
the the devil the devil keeps it somewhere where he can just walk in and take it. Yeah, the devil. That's honestly, yeah, that, that's fine with me. You know, it's a throwback to good old some good old exploitation movies. I'm fine with just knowing that it's it God killed, walked in, stole it. You know, that's that's good enough for me. To me, Drive Angry was fun. I would have preferred better CGI, but I, I did notice a lot of practicals. I'm, I'm sure the director had to probably fight the studio on. I'll have to look at it again because I have it. I, I have it, um, but I haven't watched it since I since I bought it. So I've only seen it. I, I saw it twice in the theater, and I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. I'll have to watch it again to see how the uh, effects and such look on on 2D. our TV. Well, is the, is the Blu-ray 3D like come with glasses or or is you it can, just straight 2D? You can get you can get it on on 3D Blu-ray, but you need a a, a 3D TV. Oh, screw that. Yeah, you need there's there's a and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a lot of stuff nowadays that when it's released, at least newer stuff when it's released on Blu-ray and three, it's not like it just simply comes with glasses. You need like a 3D TV to go along with it. Yeah, because without adjusting your TV, 3D and I'm talking the old 3D never seems to work right on TV. You have to really mess with your your uh, set because I remember when Medium did that 3D episode a couple of seasons yeah. ago it just didn't work right yet I've got my old Jaws 3 3D and it actually has a little guide right at the beginning it's a bootleg but there's a little yeah. guide turn your you know like the tint down until this section turns green turn the tint you know the color all the way up till this section turns red and then damn that, that stuff was shooting right out of the TV like in the theater but you had to mess with your set yeah, I could I could never get that right on the TV that I had at the time. Maybe I could now, but um, when I had a bootleg of Friday the 13th 3D, it was the same thing. It was like top part of the screen was white, bottom part of the screen was blue, and yeah. then mess with the tint and the contrast until both sides look green. Yeah, and um, I, I've got and I, would do, I would fiddle with this thing so much, and I would try, try, and try so hard with it, and and could never, could never get it to where it looked any good. So, kudos, kudos to you for actually for what for it might have been with on your TV. What it might have been with you, an older TV, it seems to work better. Find an some older TV works better. Yeah, it's it, it seems these new ones don't adjust right. You need to okay. grab a TV from the early 90s or the late 80s if you've got one lying around like in your mom's garage or something. An older TV seems to work better when you're monkeying around with the old style 3D. This this TV that I had at the time uh, was maybe 10 years old. It was uh, 2000s it, it's maybe at least. 10 years old. 2000 probably. 2000. Yeah. Maybe, maybe late 90s. I don't know. Yeah, try something that was straight analog. And that that'll work a lot better. The when we watched Friday the Thirteenth three D, not the bootleg I had, but the one that they put out on, on DVD. Would we again? We tried watching it on a TV and and couldn't get it to look good. But then we put it in the computer and it looked great. I've heard that. You're not the first one that said that. Yeah. That, that somehow a computer monitor works better for that. It did. Oh my god. It looks, I don't know it, if it's really the monitor. I think it might just be like the video card. Maybe. Could be. I, I don't know. Well, because the ones I've got, I've got Amity, a bootleg of Amityville 3D and 3D, Jaws 3, Friday the 13th 3, and It Came From Outer Space. Do you have uh, Coming At You? 
not in 3D. I have coming uh, at you in the, the 2D conversion that was released on video in the really early 80s. That one, unfortunately, I well, maybe I I do have a bootleg of it. I don't know what my bootleg is. I don't know if that bootleg's saying, 3D a, or I not. A, hmm. I don't, in fact... I, I don't even think I don't even think what I have is a bootleg. I think it was released by Rhino. Uh, Rhino released uh, an anaglyph 3D copy of it. Hmm. I'll have to go dig that out and check that. I've got thousands of DVDRs in my house, so I don't even know what stack it would be in. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, I do have them labeled, but I tr- I'm not one of those guys that groups them. Yeah. So it's like, okay, th- this spindle is movies, and that's it. And I have like yeah. ten of those. It's like. I don't know what spindle that would be in then. <laughs> they're not. It's not like they're alphabetized. But but back exactly. to the back to the bad movies thing. I mean, you see all these direct to video movies that clearly have. Now, when I say a budget, I'm talking at least half a mil or more. They have enough of yeah. a budget to pretend to be a professional movie. And there's yeah. just these. They're terrible again and again and again and again. And I'm thinking, why can't somebody give us? a half a million, three-quarters of a million bucks, and I bet we could turn out something that would be a hell of a lot longer lasting on the video shelf or or with fans than this crap that's coming out today. Exactly. I could have a much bigger budget for Midnight Heat 2. You're not doing Midnight Heat 2. Yeah, I am. No. Actually, yeah, he is. <laughs> not with the budget that we get, that half-million budget that I'm working on getting us. I know, like, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, I'd, I'd still want Midnight Heat 2 to be the same budget that the first one was. I even I even toyed with uh, I even toyed with shooting it on the same kind of camera, but I'm like, nah, actually, it, it's it's harder for me to, it's hard for, harder for me to work with something now on, on that camera in terms of editing. See, you just uh, brought up something great. You just brought up something really great, Brad. Whenever you see a movie that, say, maybe they're watching an old video you know, something that's shot specifically for the movie that, say, it was shot in, shot in 1988 or whatever. They always yeah. use modern equipment and then use the computer to make it look old. I yeah. want to see some director say, no, I want you to go buy me such and such camera model that was available in 1988. I don't want any model that was made after 99 or after 89. I want to shoot all this stuff on the same kind of boom mics that they would have shot on in 88. The same kind of camera, the same kind of lighting equipment. I, I would want someone to make a fully authentic 80s movie today shot on 80s equipment. I'd like to I'd like to see that done too. It'd be very very expensive. Um, I would think it'd but, be cheaper because you no, get most it would of the be equipment a lot more from, expensive because the film stock would be insanely expensive. I'm talking on video. I'm talking video. 80s video. You can get that okay. stuff at Goodwill. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Your equipment yeah, budget yeah, would yeah, go yeah, to a with, Goodwill. And or, with, with, or Super VHS? Yes. Yeah. With with like yeah with with like midnight heat too. I'm just shooting it on a different camera. I'm not gonna make it look. I'm not gonna put in some filter effect that makes it look like it was shot on the other camera. I said that's a shame. Jared's picking on you. <laughs> well, w- what, when are what, you shooting you, midnight heat too? What you want? You want me to shoot it on the other camera? Well, for uh, authenticity. I, well, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, I'm saying, uh, I'm saying that like w- with the advances in digital technology, you know, be, uh, doing using a filter would. would I'm not going to do as that. Good. It'll look fake. <laughs> it's it's clear that I didn't shoot it on the kind of kind of actual camera that would produce that effect. Well, when are you shooting this, Brad? When are you planning it? Well, we're we're doing the snob movie in the fall, 
and then after that, sometime after that, is when I'm going to do Midnight Eat 2. So I was going to say, God damn it, Brad, I only live a state away. I want a part in this. In Midnight Eat? I'll put you in Midnight Eat 2. <laughs> it's like, I want a part in this. I'm only a state away. Yeah, that'll be fine. Like, Do you have any uh, part for a fat, over, a fat, overweight, can't-act biker? I can play that. <laughs> I can play that great. easy. <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that would be that would be great. Yeah, we we'll we'll probably shoot that like around the same time we shot Hooker because we shot Paranoia last. When did we shoot? Uh, September, October, and yeah, we're doing this early September into yeah, and we're doing the same thing this year with the Snob movie because Ryan is directing that. Ryan's directing the Snob movie, and that'll have like a two week shoot, and then probably come December. I'll start shooting Midnight Heat too. It it's it's season, it's not specific what season it takes place in because the first we shot the first one in the winter. Well, I, I'm just saying, you know, I, I know it's Illinois, so it's not that different from Wisconsin. But snow, when you're thinking Midnight Heat, snow doesn't exactly come to mind. Yeah, and we had that problem with the first one because the first one we shot in the winter, and uh, with the first one, if it snowed, you know, we just waited it out we waited until well we would shoot we would shoot interior stuff and then we would kind of wait it out and go back to shooting outside it was it was a pain it was a pain in the ass we did it because i didn't want i didn't want snow to be in it and the whole movie takes place in a single night so right i want to change topics and it's the same with the second one i want to change topics real quick because we got 10 minutes left i picked up a vhs that brought me back to those days Collision Course with Pat Morita and Jay Leno. Oh, Collision Course? Yeah. I've got that VHS. I bet you don't have this VHS. Full screening copy plus trailers of forthcoming HBO video releases. Wait, actually, I think I... What, what is it? What did you say again? Full screening copy plus trailers of forthcoming HBO video releases. For screening is, purposes only! I think that is the copy I have. Really? Yeah, because I got it if it's not that if it's not that one then it's another one that I, crap i think it's downstairs i'm not i'm not seeing it on my shelf i think it's downstairs with my other vhs's i think yeah i think that's i think that mine is like that too cuz the back is the best part now keep in mind for the audience i mean i know you Brad you and Jared already know this but for the audience vhs tapes were ungodly expensive for video stores oh god yeah Buy three copies of Collision Course for $269.97. Uh-huh. If you buy three copies, get a copy of Nick Nolte in the action thriller Q&A free. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Eighty nine ninety nine suggested retail for one copy of Collision Course with Jay Leno and Pat Morita. Collision Course should be free. Exactly. The the funniest part, and I'm I'm gonna do this. So by the time this airs, it might be done. There is a great promo for HBO Video on this. It's uh, like a two and a half minute promo. I'm gonna plug this thing into my DVD recorder, and I'm gonna put that thing on YouTube. Oh, uh, do it! It's like I just got to take the time to do it. So by the time this airs, that might be on Rare Video Trader is my YouTube yeah. account. It might be on that, or it might take me a little while. But I'm definitely doing that. Well, by the time this airs, too, I think uh, gr- my my review of Grizzly 2 should be leaked out on YouTube. Oh, are you doing that? Oh, I can't say, but... <laughs> oh, of course not. I didn't mean to put you in that position, Brad. It's uh, it's somehow getting leaked onto YouTube. Ah. 
<laughs> well, because like my uh, my Braddock missing an action two from Media Home Video also has an eighty nine ninety five price tag on it. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, man! Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my um, uh, one of my big boxes. Uh, I think it's uh, Emperor Caligula: The Untold Story has like a a seventy dollar or sixty nine ninety nine mm-hmm. well, sticker sticker on it. One of the things on uh, on this Collision Course one is free theatrical full size poster available. Yeah, because Sweet. I really want a Collision Course full size video poster, and I just no, it's one of I one just, of my favorite parts in uh, uh, Brett Easton Ellis's Less Than Zero novel is when uh, Rip is talking about how he just put down a thousand bucks to get a Temple of Doom bootleg. <laughs> Hey, I, I've got an old... Uh, I, I ripped it off YouTube. I don't know if it's still there. An old 60-minute uh, segment on bootlegging. From ni- oh, sweet. From 1979. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a copy of Star Wars or yeah. Superman or Yentl and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Got to get somebody a copy of Yentl. I actually had a chance. I actually had a chance to buy a big box of Yentl, one of those uh, Sony big boxes. Passed oh, yeah. passed it up. Sorry, I like big boxes, but not Yentl. I, <laughs> I, will, I will not put Yentl in my collection. I just won't. There's been there's been big boxes that I've passed up before too. I picked up one. Uh, do you remember the old Filmation Zorro cartoon from the late seventies? Yeah. I picked up a big box of that, and I hate that cartoon. Yeah, but that's still worth grabbing. Oh yeah, sure. But I, I love I- this. A buddy-buddy cop comedy for the entire family, PG-rated. I'm sorry, but the PG is actually more of a turnoff than it is a selling point, yeah, I think. Yeah, for collision course? Yeah. It's not even a... That, that, it just happens to be rated... That, that, I've, seen that, I've seen that stupid movie. Like, yeah, it's rated PG, but I wouldn't call it a family film. It's got a lot of inherent racism between the whole Japanese-American thing. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of low-level racism. It's a family movie. It's just a, it's just a buddy cop movie that's so stupid and tame that it got a PG rating. Buy three more copies of Collision Course and get a copy of Burt Reynolds in the crime comedy Breaking In. Sweet. Oh, I, I did just pick up a big box of City Heat. Oh, nice. Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood. Hell yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I just love the tagline. A 30s comedy with at, with 80s action stars. Hell yeah. And I'm like, You've never what? seen City Heat? No, that's one I end, I missed somehow. Oh, I've seen I've seen City Heat. How yeah, is it? That one that one uh I I remember liking it. I I I know that it's one of uh Clint's that didn't get very good reviews, but I saw it when I was in late junior high or early high school. My dad and I rented it and I I remembered liking it. I don't know how well it hold it hold up, but I I remembered liking it all right. Well, and then this next one is for the for the listeners as well. Picked up a copy of The Fourth Man, Paul Verhoeven's first film, and I've never seen it before. It's an old media VHS, and it says English language version. I know he yeah. was, you know, he had a while before he came to America. Yeah. Is it worth checking out the English language version, or should I try and find a bootleg or a DVD that has the original language and subtitles, or should yeah. I watch the English? Because it might be one that maybe it was it was like the Nosferatu thing, where they literally shot it in both languages. Yeah, I don't know. I just the thing that turned me off was English language version. I'm like, oh, 
Well, because I mean, obviously, I like English language movies, but I don't like English language foreign movies. Uh huh. There's there's an inherent problem with usually the dubbing, or, or usually the script. Sometimes the bad dubbing can be hilarious, well, like see, Zombie Ninety. I, I can I can get over the dubbing. Special voices. Special voices. <laughs> Was that the... Yeah, that's the one where they weren't even pretending to take the original script seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I got another one like that, too. Oh, um, God. <laughs> so, do you got any more porns coming up for Cinema Snob? Let's see. The next one is uh, is on Necromantic, uh, which has got a threesome with a corpse, so, you know. Necromantic 2 is worse. Oh, yeah. I've seen I I've got them both. And the... Uh, um, what am I doing after? Oh, after that, I'm doing uh, Violent <laughs> 2, or 3, sorry. I, there's a third one? Yeah, there's there's four of them, actually. Oh, um, God. I'm doing, I'm doing the third one, and that's the one that I was mentioning that also has really, really bad dubbing. Intentionally? I haven't watched it all yet. I, maybe it's the same people who put together the Zombie 90 copy. I, I don't know, because they're both by the same director. Well, all right, um, we, we got two minutes left. I want to quick ask both of you guys. Have you guys ever bought the wrong DVD thinking you were buying a different movie than what you were buying? No. There was one that I bought that I didn't know that it was... It, it seems like when I bought Nightmare City, when that first came out on DVD, I didn't know until looking at the box that it was... Uh, that it was City of the Walking Dead because I had always known that movie as City of the Walking Dead. Then when it came out as Nightmare City, I, I was like, I was like, oh, 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 okay, oh, all right, sold. Because <laughs> I, I, I just, I just did that with the '70s movie Frogs, the Sam yeah. Elliott one. I thought I was buying that, and I did end up picking that up. Instead, I bought some early 2000s shot on HD movie called Frog G G. Frog. Oh, it's it's frog dash g dash g dash g. Frog. Frog. And I thought I thought I was buying the Sam Elliott movie without realizing it. I'm like, ah, crap. This is some new movie. Oh, that's fantastic. So I was just wondering if if either of you ever had that that moment of stupidity hit you that that hit me. Good stuff right there. That's funny. So you can contact. Brad at thecinemasnob.com, Jared at Foil Rap Productions on Facebook, and me at 1201beyond.blogspot.com. We're signaling out for episode 30. Good night. Good night. Good night. Come on in.